Welcome to Real Personal Finance. I'm your host, Scott Frank, CFP, CFA charter holder, and founder of Stone Steps Financial. And I'm your host, James Canole, CFP, MBA, and owner of Root Financial Partners. The premise of our show is simple. Money can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Our goal is to answer real personal financial questions that we hear from our clients and our listeners. Each episode, we answer one personal financial question in a clear and understandable way. Because money is a tool. And when you understand the language of money, you can make better decisions to improve your financial life. Hey, James. Hey, Scott. Ready for another week? I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. Let's. But first, what do you think about the markets? Getting vertigo. Yeah? Yeah. Well, let's talk about that then. <laughs> we are at, well... We're not at all-time highs as we're recording. We're a couple, few percentage points off. Yeah, who knows where we'll be when this thing records. Yes, <laughs> we're probably recording this three, four weeks ahead yeah. of it actually being released. Right. So hello to our future selves and listeners yes. and all that. But it brings up an interesting question of with this crazy time wrap. So January of 2021, the market was down a little bit, but then this next seven months, it did nothing but go up and mm-hmm. it went up in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of jitters now, but it's still very high. And we have these issues around what are they going to do with the debt ceiling? We have issues with, oh my gosh, look look at the government and how they're spending. We have these issues with unemployment. We have these issues with inflation concerns. You have all totally. these inflation or all these issues. Yep. Supply chain issues. Like when, when is when is this whole thing going to collapse? When's the next shoe going to drop? And how do we get ahead of it as investors? Right. And let's talk about that today. So how should we as investors think about investing at all-time highs? And I know you and I have some thoughts on that, but I think this would be an interesting time to explore that. Yeah, let's let's dive in, man. Where do you, where do you want to begin? From the beginning. Let's, um, do, let, let's do this. Uh, we are experiencing very interesting times right now. Mm-hmm. Would you say these times are unique? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> I... I would say they always feel unique. Mm-hmm. When we look back over time and look at headlines, we we realize that they're not. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 you know, my first job out of out of school, I worked at Fisher Investments, and one of the things that Ken would say all the time, which I largely agree with, is that markets climb a wall of worry, mm. and I think that there's always something to be worried about. It's just that we always feel the recency of whatever that thing is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I I think you're exactly right. I sh- I don't want to say that the time we're in isn't unique because well, it is unique. It is, but it COVID's is- happening never happened before. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's certainly things that are happening that feel unprecedented. And I guess a better way of saying it is where we are always at a unique time. Yes, in the course of human history and the markets and whatever. And in a way, when you have a world with seven billion people there's always going to be a tremendous amount of really, really bad stuff happening and a tremendous amount of really, really good stuff happening. Mm-hmm. The problem is we're constantly bombarded with the bad stuff and the negative stuff and yeah. the stuff that we should be worrying about. Yeah. And so as investors, instead of focusing on all the incredible innovation, all the crazy stuff happening, all the, whether it's decline of poverty or the growth of the middle class around the world in many different places or the increase in standard of living – we're worried about things like politics or we're mm-hmm. worried about things like uh, COVID or we're worried about things that are very natural to be worried about and certainly not good things in and of themselves, but we tend to lose perspective 
And as investors, we say, well, how on earth could things keep going up when all there is is bad stuff around Mm -hmm. us? Well, part of it is that's because that's the only thing we're ever focusing on. Yes. But with that in mind, and sorry to get off on a tangent, uh, let's get to the point. In in this great, huge world, there will always be good stuff and bad stuff happening. But number one, we have to understand, I think, that the position that we're in is not unique in the grand scheme of things. And number two, when we ask ourselves the question, how do we invest at market all-time highs? Well, we invest because the market continues to hit all-time highs. Mm-hmm. Like if you think it's high today, wait till you see it in 10 years, or wait till you see it in 20 years or 30 years, then you're going to be thinking, oh my gosh, James and Scott talking about that in 2021, what a, what a dumb thing to talk about. Like that was a very low market relative to where things will be. So can you give us maybe just some perspective on where the market's been historically? Just a couple data points. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's different indices that one, one that you'll hear commonly on the nightly news would be like the Dow Jones industrial average. So 65 years ago, um, when my, when my parents were little, uh, the Dow Jones industrial average was 404. Hmm. And then about 50 years ago. So when my parents would have been teenagers, it would have doubled and it was at 800. And now, when my son is about to turn 10, uh, it's now at, what was it at today? Just under 35,000. Yeah, right around 35,000. So, like, the, the growth that's happened th- over that period of time is just exponential and, and kind of hard for us to fathom. Yeah. But yet it happens. And I actually, the one thing I want to note there is, like, the thing that happens that we don't pay attention to every day is that... In capitalistic societies around the world, people get up and go try to better their lives for themselves and the people around them. Yep. And it doesn't matter if tax codes change or regulations become more strict or more lax, uh, people still want to wake up and go better their lives. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it sounds simplistic, but that's, that is the core of why we invest. Yeah. If we didn't believe that the future was going to continue to get better, there's really no reason to be an investor. Like you wouldn't own things, you wouldn't invest your money if you thought the future wasn't going to be better than it is today. Now, certainly some things won't be better, but as a whole, people are waking up, they're going to work to better their lives, companies are in business to to better their lives and their shareholders' lives, and that's kind of why capitalism works, but with a backdrop of global uncertainty and inflation concerns. Well, how on earth can the market keep rising? Regulatory changes, tax changes, all those things. Or last year, how can we be at all-time highs with COVID and unemployment and uncertainty? Uh, Well, Mm -hmm. the market kept growing. 2019, well, there's trade war concerns with China and an overvalued market. Well, the market kept growing. And Mm -hmm. so, despite all these, we can go back 100 years ago. There's always these negative headlines, but the market continues to advance despite all of it. Um, Maybe... This would help. So we could we could talk kind of anecdotally about these stories and about sure. hey, bad stuff, yet market keeps going. There was a study done mm-hmm. that actually looked at this. The, going back to 1945, looking at the S&P 500 total return data on any given month and looking specifically at the times that the market was at an all-time high. Which is about a third of the time. Which is about a third of the time. So going back to 1945, a third of the time the market was hitting all-time highs and UBS did a study that said, what if you only invested at those points? So at those points where you would think it doesn't make sense to invest, mm-hmm. what if all you did was invest at those times? Yeah. What were the results of that study? 
So the results of that study that were in 34% of the cases after getting at the all-time high, the, the investor experienced no future points of having um, being in the red. Basically, it just they just always won. That, that injection wow. point of putting in that $100 just always went positive. About 59% of the time, let's just call it 60% of the time, um, they would have had a max 5% down. So, so really didn't move much and then it could obviously go higher from there. And then 15% of the time they suffered that bear market, that more than 20% down. Yeah. Which is pretty incredible. It, you, you wouldn't think of that. And just to be clear, like those numbers are, that's from the initial starting point. Every one of those investors had some down days, some down sure. months, some, some 5%, 10% declines. Yeah. But kind of looking at from the initial money you put in, 60% of the time, that initial dollar amount never would have dropped more than 5%. Right. It's very counterintuitive as an investor to think that, oh, well, I want to be buying high or, or buying low and selling high. So why are you saying that even if I do buy high, it still continues to work out? Well, it's because we invest because the market continues to hit all-time highs. And I think that's hard to wrap our minds around as investors. Mm-hmm. We kind of have the sense that it trades within a, a band or a window, and that's yeah. just not really how it plays out. We also just have a fear of heights. We have this thing like, well, if it went up, clearly it has to come down. So I'll just wait for it to come down and then I'll buy. But what that clearly shows is like, mm, nope, well, only only 15% of the time when you put that money in, are you going to watch that big down drop happen? Yeah. So the odds are actually still in your favor just to put the money to work. Yeah. Especially, obviously, length of time investing always matters. But if you have a long-term time, <laughs> yeah. just go put it to work. Well, and, and off topic a little bit, but also on that same line of thinking, uh, Someone who's looking at the market and saying, well, it's too high now. I'm going to hold off on investing until it drops. Mm-hmm. Well, one of two things is going to happen. One, if you sit in cash, the market keeps running. Yeah. And now you're definitely not going to put it in. Mm-hmm. And it keeps running and running and running and running. And you just miss out on that. That mm-hmm. becomes a permanent loss. Mm-hmm. Or number two, the market falls. And okay, great. You got exactly what you're looking for, yeah. which is doesn't actually happen all that frequently. So congratulations. But what we see in practice is most people, they say, well, it's going to keep falling. I'll just wait. I'll just wait. Yeah. I got exactly what I wanted, but I'll just wait for it to do it again and again. And even when that happens, when the market drops, most people, uh, they they still miss out on it, uh, ironically enough. so Yep. So the, the answer there is that time in the market is way more important than timing the market. Yeah. 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 So what do we do with this? So is, does... does this mean I should just go dump everything in the stock market? Does this mean I should? It, where, where do we go from here? We know we're at all time highs or close to it, at least as of this recording. What are some things that we should be doing as investors with our planning and our investing? Well, we would, of course, always say that it depends. It depends, <laughs> it depends on what Great your answer. goals are uh, for what you want to do. But maybe, you know, how do, how do you want, what would be a good example? Do you want to give an example or you want to walk through a, a framework? Yeah, okay. let's let's walk through a framework and then maybe use examples because- okay. I, you know, as with anything, um, your investment portfolio, I think in our opinion, should be a reflection of your financial plan, which is a reflection of what are the most important and cherished goals you have in your life. Yeah. So your investment portfolio should be closely tied to a plan. And so with that plan, you you kind of need to focus on what are your needs from mm-hmm. an income standpoint and a time horizon standpoint. Yeah. You know, the, even if investing at all-time highs isn't all that uh intimidating as people like it to make it out to be when we look at the numbers that doesn't mean you should be all stocks necessarily like yeah. yeah maybe someone who has 30 plus years until retirement 
should have an all-stock retirement portfolio. You can make that case. Maybe. Someone who's in retirement, maybe not. (laughs) There are still market downturns. So if that's the case, if you think that you might have a need from your portfolio, well, understand that. Maybe you don't, or you probably don't have all your money invested in the stock market. Do you have some bonds? Do you have some cash? Do you have some stuff that's not correlated to the stock market so that when the downturn happens, because we know it will happen, it does happen on occasion before Mm -hmm. it recovers again, Mm -hmm. you don't want to have to pull money from the stock investments. So you need something else to live on as the market recovers. Yep. Um, If you don't need income and you have a long time horizon, well, then you can make the case to be more aggressive with your portfolio, but start with understanding whatever your investment is, what's the goal for that? And what's the plan for that? Is it to buy a home? Is it to retire? Is it to start a business? Is it to syndicate to college? These are all going to have different time horizons and goals that should dictate how you invest. Yep. And that's where we've talked about before, asset allocation, how much you put in stocks, how much you put in bonds. And then once you have that, you're going to know, you know when a stock market does drop, well, what are you going to do in that moment? Do you potentially need some of this money to live off of? Well, in that case, you might choose to live off of the things that haven't dropped as much. And that might be like bond funds in that mm-hmm. instance. Um and then you may at the same time also go rebalance and use some of those bond funds to go buy stocks because that's when a downturn is happening. It's like Amazon Prime Day happened in the stock markets and everything went on sale. Love that. Uh, even though it feels scary in that moment, you, you really want to go buy those stocks when they're down so you have more of them for the future growth of the world economy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then even looking at like non-portfolio factors, say you're retired and your portfolio drops. Well, do, do you collect social security a little early? Do you go get part-time work? Is there other places where you can take income given time for your stocks to recover? Because as much as the data shows that investing at all-time highs is not any worse and is actually uh, better than investing at purely random entry points in the stock market, that's not to say there aren't downturns. There are plenty of downturns along the way. Sure. Um, but are there other factors that you can look at? Are there other income sources that you can have if you're dependent upon this money to wait out those downturns and wait for, for a recovery? Yeah. I would just add that if, if you are dependent upon the income, you, you really want to have a plan for that income as it stands with the asset allocation. I mean, we haven't really talked about it in detail here. There are actually, did we do an episode on that on, on withdrawal rate on sustainable withdrawal rates from portfolios in the past? We did. Yeah. We I did. don't remember what number it is, but it does exist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, have that plan in place and know what you're going to do. So you then you know what to do when that happens. Mm-hmm. And then the the last thing I would say is just maintain perspective. And this is probably the hardest thing as an investor mm-hmm. is if if perspective were easy and we could have uh, the time to show everyone with with what is happening in the world and the stock markets and all this craziness today. How does that line up to the world and the stock market and the craziness of every other single other year? It's not all that different. And what continues to happen through that is the stock market continues to advance. And being able to maintain that perspective is is very important. Um, there's actually a study done. This is a different study from, from Dimensional Fund Advisors. And they looked at any day when the stock market hits an all-time high, what were the forward-looking average one-year, three-year, and five-year returns? Well, when the stock market's in, at, hitting a new all-time high, the average forward-looking one-year return was actually 14.1%, mm-hmm. better than the average return just of any random entry point. Right. 
the average forward-looking three-year return was 10.4%, and the average forward-looking five-year return was 9.9%, which is right about the long-term average of the S&P 500 yep. as a whole. So have that perspective that all-time highs seems scary, and the media will constantly be telling you why the market's about to fall or it's about to drop or what could go wrong. And there will always be bad things, like legitimately bad things happening. But we tend to think of the stock market as, oh, it's driven only by unemployment numbers or only by COVID numbers or only by who won the presidential election or only by, well, the reality is it's this huge, complex, dynamic system that's driven by people's individual needs by companies' earnings, by companies' outlook, by all kinds of economic factors, and to try to boil it down to one or two or three variables Mm -hmm. just misses the point. So just keep in mind that whatever the bad news is, that's one of thousands and maybe even millions of variables going into the price of the stock market today. Absolutely. Um, Cool. Well, I I think we could go really deep on some of the stuff and continue to point out different historical examples, but is there anything else you would add to this? No, but I, I, I'm glad we discussed this because it's something that comes up. Um, you, you just hear, even if you're just talking in a barbecue, it's like people are like, well, how high the markets are now. And it's just something to remember that like, yeah, capitalism works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so people are going to wake up tomorrow and try to better their lives. That's going to translate to profits. That's going to translate to a growing economy. There, of course, will be downturns. But if you believe in the fact that people are going to wake up to try to better their lives and the lives of those around them, it's tough to find a better way to go grow your wealth. Yes. And if, if you want perspective, go look at where the market was when you were born. Go look at where the market was when your parents were born. Go look at where the market was when your grandparents were born. And you'll start to notice a pattern. Mm-hmm. The, and by the way, those numbers won't even factor in dividends being reinvested. That's just the price of the market. Along the way, it's gone up in value a whole bunch and created a ton of extra value for shareholders through dividends. But that trend continues. If we could predict it, this would be incredibly easy. And we'd say, here's when you get in, here's where you get out. It's impossible to consistently predict. So what you do is if you have perspective, if you have a plan, if you can operate within that, you're going to be okay over time. Yeah. And that's where having your own plan matters, right? It's, it's setting your own, um, the risks and return that you're willing to accept, the reasons, having a plan in place for when will you rebalance? How often will you save? Where are you saving? How does that play into your taxes? Do you have the right resiliency in place for you? Do you have like, you know, money squirreled away in an emergency fund? So if you do lose your job, you don't have to go touch assets during a downturn. There's so many things you can do to build a plan that's robust for yourself. Um, Investing is one component of it, but it's a really important component to grow wealth. Yeah, absolutely agree. Cool. Uh, Well, I think that's all we got and we will see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Real Personal Finance Podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let us know by leaving a five-star review. And if you have a question that you'd like for us to answer, then head over to the Real Personal Finance website at realpersonalfinance.co. And there's a section on the bottom of each page there where you can submit your question for us to answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. and should not be relied upon for a basis for investment decision. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, or other professional services.